Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day also helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. You know people who need to turn their life around, don't you? Help them to do that by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study today, and I've entitled this, God Says, But I Think, well, you can probably finish that. Might be a little intriguing right now, doesn't it? Well, God says, but I think, well, realizing it or not, A whole lot of people, and maybe you found yourself in this particular position at one time or another in your life, lots and lots of people, they replace what God says, what God commands through his word with what they think or with what they want. Now, how does God speak to us? I've heard people tell, you know, talk about how they had a feeling come over them or they heard God say something in their ear. Uh, well, let's get back to basic reality. God speaks to us through his word, the scriptures, the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, we read that all scripture is, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. We've talked about this many, many times. And when you look at the original Greek in which this was written, the New Testament was written in Greek originally, Koine Greek as it's called, no longer the Greek that's in use commonly today. But as it was written in that that original language, this particular statement from Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, literally means it is God-breathed. All Scripture, when we're reading Scripture, it is God-breathed. Now, the image there is that it is words that are coming across the very lips of God. Now, God is spirit. He's not human. So does God have lips? I don't know. We have to wait till we get to heaven to see. But it's an image that we can relate to. We understand when we speak, the words flow across our lips. And that's the sense of what that particular statement in Scripture is trying to get across. Scripture is God's very word. And then Paul goes on and says it is profitable. It is profitable for doctrine, that is for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God has given us his word through the scriptures, through the Bible, to teach us in his truth, to give us the instruction as to how to live our lives in faithfulness to him. 
to live our lives in such a way that we could look forward to a home in heaven with him through Jesus Christ for all of eternity. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11 along this line, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him speak as the oracles of God or the utterances of God. In other words, again, speak as God's very word. If we're going to teach something from a spiritual perspective, if we're going to teach something religiously, let's make sure we're teaching accurately the very words of God as communicated to us through the scriptures, his word. There's no there's no wonder why the Apostle Paul instructed in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 15 to, as the King James Version translates it, study, other translations, be diligent. The sense is the same. Be diligent, study, to show yourselves approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, understanding and properly applying God's word. God's word is the word of truth. Remember John 8 and verse 32, where Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And remember that on the night of his betrayal, Jesus prayed to the father in John chapter 17 and verse 17, and he prayed, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So God speaks to us through his word, his very word. When we're reading scripture, we're reading God's very word, and that's God speaking to us. So when we're reading scripture, we're reading what God says to us. The apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 37, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. And so Paul was writing to a congregation of Christians, a, mem- a congregation of the, of, the, of the Lord's church in Corinth. And he, Paul received some <laughs> difficulties at times from some of those who were in that congregation and probably in other congregations as well. And then I kind of challenge him in some of the things that he wrote. And Paul said, look, if you think you're a prophet or that you're spiritual, fess up. Admit that what I'm telling you, what I'm writing to you is the very word of God, the very commandment of the Lord. So if you think you're really a prophet, if you think you're really spiritual, a spiritual leader, Admit that what I'm writing to you is God's very word. God speaks to us through his word. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, what is the gospel of Christ? It's the message of what Jesus came to fulfill as our Savior. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Paul lays it out for us in very succinct form. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the message that through his death, burial, and resurrection, that message of forgiveness and salvation that God makes available to us 
through Jesus, our Savior, through his dying on that cross, shedding his blood, that by the shedding of his blood, we can have the opportunity to be forgiven, cleansed of our sins as we're baptized into him and contact the power of that cleansing blood, that we can be born again. We can be raised from that watery grave of baptism wherein we went down into dead in our sins, but as we were buried with Jesus in that watery grave of baptism, the blood that he shed on the cross as our Savior cleansed us of the guilt of our sins. And just as he came forth, risen from the dead physically, from that tomb, after his crucifixion, we come up out of that out of the waters of baptism, made new, reborn spiritually, made alive spiritually. We'd been dead in our sins, Romans 6 and verse 23, but we came forth alive in Christ. In fact, we came forth promised to have eternal life in Christ in heavens. Again, Romans 6 and verse 23. So, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Where do we get that message of salvation? Where do we learn about it? Where do we come to understand it? Through the very word of God, through the scriptures. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God speaks to us, he guides us, he instructs us, he commands us through the scriptures, through the Bible, which is his very word. When we read the Bible, we're reading what God is saying to us. Even though it was written, the last bit of it was written almost 2,000 years ago, that is still God's word, and he's still speaking to us through his word. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, as we keep emphasizing on these today's Bible classes, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith does not just happen mystically or magically or whether we want it or not. Faith comes as we get into God's word, we read it, we study it, we learn it, we understand it, we believe it, and start to put it into practice accurately in our lives. That's how faith develops within us. When Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days fasting at the beginning of his public ministry on this earth, well, after he'd been fasting for 40 days, what you would think would be at the weakest moment during that period of time, hungry, maybe emotionally depleted from a human perspective, the devil appeared and started tempting him. And so, He says in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 4, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And there are the scriptures again. God's word, the Bible. Every time the devil tempted him, after those 40 days of fasting, Jesus responded with Scripture. When we respond to the rigors of life, the challenges of life, and all the temptations of the devil with God's Word accurately, 
and consistently, we will be victorious eternally as we put God's word, his teachings, his commands, his instructions into faithful, dedicated, obedient practice consistently in our lives, we will be victorious. We will be in heaven with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity. God says through the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, we're reading God speaking to us through those words. Now, God says, but I think, and there's what we're going to start to get into next time, what a whole lot of people think. And by that line of reasoning, they set aside what God says in his word. Let's pray. Father, help us to see the wisdom of simply living by your word, your teachings, letting those teachings be our guidebook in life, our roadmap, and help people to see the error of setting aside your teachings with what they think that contradicts what you say. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.